Welcome back, Literary Slummers, to another episode of Shelf Aware, the podcast where we delve into books outside of our comfort zones. I'm Anna. <laughs> yes, that's me. I'm this Anna. Book, this book has challenged your sense of self. Well, <laughs> I was trying to remember, like, do we say I'm one of your hosts or do we just say our names? And I paused too long. <laughs> <laughs> well, now everyone is, I'm sure, very confused as to who I am. It's me, M. God. Oh. <laughs> Uh, this week on Shelf Aware, we read a book for Christmas time. We did read a book. Christmas time is here. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> that has to be at least like ten octaves higher. Yeah, that's that's not happening though. <laughs> um, we read the second book in the Christmas Shoes series. By Donna Van Leer. It's our new Christmas tradition. The Christmas Promise. Oh, no, not The Christmas Promise. That's in my recommended. The Christmas Blessing. I thought you were just going to say The Christmas Prom, and I was like, well, hold up. That was an option? Christmas Prom was an option? I'm sure eventually we're going to get to Christmas Prom. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Nathan's grandchildren go to prom. Yes, yes, yes. Um, Anna, what do you think of this book? Well... Longtime listeners of the podcast will know that my least favorite Christmas song of all time is Christmas Shoes, mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. first book in the series. Yes. I hated that book. But uh, this one's not based on a song, so it's probably no, fine. But it's still terrible. <laughs> I really wanted to go back and listen to our last episode on Christmas Shoes to see if mm-hmm. I hated that book with the passion of a thousand suns. Because, man, I really hated this book with a, the passion of a thousand suns. Mm. Was it something about the casual racism in the first, like, five pages of the book? The casual racism really set the tone for my reading experience. It was just like, bam, in your face. It was like, hey, we're here and we're racist. (laughs) Was the first one this religious? I know that there was religion in it, but was it this religious? I think so, because I think there was a lot of ruminations on, like, um like the mom going to heaven and how mm. the family should view that and and the lawyer well there was also a lot about that cheating lawyer guy and his family i don't know I if guess you remember maybe the difference between that one and this one was that it was like there's the one really religious family and the guy mm-hmm. who's lost his way whereas in this one it seems like just everybody across the board is really hella religious everybody yeah <laughs> Which maybe in some communities that is the case uh, has never been so in any that I've lived in though. But it wasn't like a, it wasn't like an insular community or anything. It was no, like, it was a whole goddamn town. Yeah, and I think that town was Boston. Maybe I don't know. Um, I don't know. I don't think it was mentioned in this book. Maybe but... it was just she was possibly going to college in Boston. It doesn't matter. Uh, yeah. I would recommend getting into who you would recommend this book for since that's a thing we do now that we didn't do with the first one back when yeah. we recorded the first one in this series um this was the first time that i'm like i because i went on goodreads to look at uh-huh. the reviews because i was like uh-huh. surely everyone hates this book as much as i do no Which it has was, good ratings. yeah it was that, was that was silly of me to think that because obviously it has nine sequels like so people yes. like it it has like a 4.25 out of five stars yeah on it's like and the reviews are all like I just felt this filled my heart with hope and wonder and Christmas joy. And I'm like, I don't know why. And I, this is the first time I think, honestly, usually every book I'm like, you know what? Someone who listens to our podcast might like this book. 
I don't think anyone who listens to our podcast would like this book. Yeah. Like, the type of people who like this book do not overlap with our podcast, like, at all. Here's, I recommend this book to the listeners of our podcast that have that one, like, really religious relative Mm -hmm. and they never know what to get them for Christmas. Mm -hmm. Buy them a box series of these books. Yes. (laughs) Or, like, talk to them about it at your next family gathering a year from now when COVID's hopefully not I as listen, bad as it is. I listen to a podcast that chat all over this book you might like. No, no, so no. no. Just be like, oh, dying. have you read the, the Christmas shoot series by Donna Van Leer? And if they're like a blonde Midwestern, like bleached blonde Midwestern mom with a, a cross chain mm-hmm. that they wear all the time, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Then they'll probably be like, oh, my gosh, yes, I love that book, because that seemed to be all of the profile pictures on Goodreads, which yes. also was not a thing that I had really encountered before is when every single profile on Goodreads seems to be their actual picture. Mm-hmm. I have a bad habit of thinking that anyone who uses the same website as me mm-hmm. is exactly like me. Right. And so when you're like, oh, no, Goodreads is like one of the most popular websites ever. A lot of people, a lot of different people are going to use it. And that's always surprising when you stumble upon a new microcosm. Yeah. I'm just like, oh, okay. People like this. So again, I didn't like this book. I guess there are Uh -uh. people out there that do. So yeah. That one like auntie or grandma in your family that has the the painting, as for me in my house, we will serve the Lord Mm -hmm. in her kitchen. Mm -hmm. This is the book series for that person. The one that like when your like relative on the other side of the family died Mm. And the next time at like Thanksgiving or whatever, they were like, they clasped your hands or like, well, God has a plan. That, that bitch. Give her this book. (laughs) Uh. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) This book was so bad. And it It was upsetting in a multitude of ways. Mm -hmm. It wasn't just bad, like in terms of the content, which was bad. It was so Mm badly written and not like Mm. poorly written where i'm like like it wasn't like um save the pearls or like uh uh a handbook for mortals antigua yeah where it was like actually like not making sense the writing it was just so the writing style was so bad and basic and like nothing interesting about it it was just so bleh I uh I did something that was a little bit foolish, but also a little bit not foolish. I listened to this on audiobook because mm. it's on Hoopla and it's only three hours long. And I listened to it on 1.5 speed. Nice. So I don't remember anything about the writing style. Because it was bad. I was just sitting there going, this girl is a high school or is a college mm-hmm. freshman. Mm-hmm. What was the narration like for this one? It was a male voice. Right. And at 1.5 speed, it was very fast. Sure. <laughs> No, it was very much like um, it was sounded like it was supposed to be from Nathan's point of view. Yeah. Like the narrator was Nathan. Uh-huh. Um, and there was no chapter break. So it was just like one mm. long continuous Weird. thing. There were chapter breaks. I be- Let me double check. But there were chapter breaks. There are in the Kindle in the version. Yeah. Okay. And because I, mean, I like- did also stupidly buy it on Kindle. And then I was like, oh, fuck, it, I'm going to listen to this on audio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I bought it on Kindle, too. And I'm a little bit mad about it because it was like 12 bucks. But whatever. Oh, I had some credits uh-huh, that I used. Uh-huh. So it was like $3 for me. I paid for this. But, you know, I wasn't about to go pirate it. It's fine. Those I'm- are all the tithes that you owe the Catholic Church. From, That's true. Since you haven't been going yeah. for how many years now? I don't think this is a Catholic book, though. Like- it's not, though. It's very non-denominational. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but I think it, it is in Nathan's point of view. But it's I, I'm trying to remember again if the first one was this way, where it's all of it's like Nathan's point of view, but then there are scenes that are in like third person point of view. So there's like some first person from Nathan, and then there's like third person uh-huh. for everybody else. Yeah, but, it was like the dad, Nathan's dad mm-hmm. had large chunks, and the lawyer had large chunks, and then Nathan had some scenes. Okay. And the mom. Like there was a lot of points right. of view. But then like at the end, it kind of the the third part for in this one the third person point of view it becomes clear that it has been nathan the whole time Mm. so it's like who was the pov character actually for the last one because the mom died so how did they get this information but maybe it wasn't maybe there wasn't actually a first person point of view in that one but there was in this one and it was nathan and it was very annoying that i kept switching between third and first Mm. Yes, because it would go, it would be like Nathan, and then it would be third person from Megan's point of view. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that now. But then at the end, it like Nathan like starts Nathan's talking telling. about like the third person stuff. He's like, and then we realized this, and I'm like, oh, it's been Nathan saying this the whole time. But how did Nathan know all of these things? Like, yeah. <laughs> how did Nathan know what Charlie was thinking right. in that moment? Especially considering he can't ask him exactly. <laughs> oh my god i was typing up my summary of this book and my my notes are very short because mostly the plot of this book is nothing it's it it can be told it can be told in like three sentences um maybe we should do that like we did on our our Uh, christmas (laughs) podcast i mean we could give it a shot (laughs) uh okay you start okay Nathan, the kid with the dead mom from the Christmas Shoes song, is trying to be a doctor, but he doesn't know if he wants to be a doctor. Mm-hmm. Uh, Megan is a college freshman, and she can run really fast, even though she has a hole in her heart. She's also for and comma and she's also friends with a young boy named Charlie. That's where I'll end. Period. <laughs> <laughs> um. Megan and Nathan meet at the hospital, and then Megan has to go to the hospital for treatment, and Nathan is one of the people who treat her, and they start dating during the course of that, and that is fine, I guess. (laughs) Megan, a college freshman, and Nathan, a 25-year-old man, start dating very seriously and visit each other's families for the holidays, and no one says a goddamn thing about this, and then (laughs) Megan gets sick. Uh, Megan is saved at the last second because her friend Charlie, that kid we mentioned in sentence one, full on dies and gives her <laughs> his liver. And then also the guy from the Christmas Shoes song shows back up and becomes friends with Nathan and donates a bunch of money to Megan. But that wasn't because he was friends with Nathan. That was just a coincidence that happened earlier in the book that he also donated a bunch yeah. of money to Megan yeah. so she could start a scholarship fund for kids with shitty hearts. Yep. And Charlie or Charlie and Nathan becomes a doctor. Six sentences, <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Basically that's the whole book. That's and that took like book. two minutes. Yeah. Um it's a three hour long audiobook. It's two hundred some pages, I think. Yeah, it's not long. It was There's a quick not read. a lot of substance to this. I don't the text must be huge for it to be two hundred something pages, but only a three hour audiobook. Well, I think yeah, it's two hundred and twelve pages and are there I don't pictures? Know. There's no <laughs> pictures, and text is, you know, the size of text. Hmm. 
Um, I wonder... you can, it's hard to say on the Kindle because you can change the size. That's true. That's true. But it seems to be, I have it at the normal size that my mm. Kindle does with other books. Um, and it's still 212 pages long. So I'm not, I'm not entirely sure where all those pages where and words it went, are. What dark Christmas magic this book contains within it. So I guess, uh, well, now we've done the, the whole summary. Mm-hmm. What do we talk about now? <laughs> okay, here's the thing about Nathan. <laughs> Nathan is a third-year medical student. He's mm-hmm. doing his rotations at this hospital. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't have a name. And he's he's working his, what, like supervising doctor? I don't know what they call them. I never went to med school. Um, resident he, or attending, and I can't remember which is which. I think he's attending. I think resident is still like you're not a full... Like you have an MD, but you're not like practicing on your own. Maybe I don't could know. Be. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, <laughs> there's no way we could ever find out without going through med school ourselves. Yeah, only way. Um, Nathan, he's working with this guy, Doctor Getz, and Doctor Getz is, is a like huge creep. He's yeah. First of all, huge creep. Secondly, he's like the best cardiologist in town but it's really confusing because he seems to help every thing everyone in the hospital like he's in pediatrics he's in adults he's helping people with back problems and people with liver problems and well he is he is the the head of cardiology at the mm-hmm. hospital mm-hmm. um and they specifically cuz again there wasn't much in this book so i remember a lot of the details because <laughs> there was little to cling on to um <laughs> He his specialty is pediatric cardiology, but they're a smallish hospital, so they don't have that many kid patients. Okay. So, as a result, he's also doing adult patients, and then just he's anything. with Megan just because Megan's his special baby patient who he loves. Megan, he's weird. Since she was born. Weird situation and super inappropriate. The relationship between this doctor and this this nineteen year old. Um. From the get-go, when he's first mm-hmm. checking her heart and, like, cuddles her or whatever. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't have a kid with heart problems. But, like, I wouldn't want the doctor that I'm taking the kid with heart problems to start, like, cuddling my kid right off the bat. I would want them to, like, like, check the kid's heart. Yes. And the thing about Dr. Getz is everyone's like, he's so good with the patients. He's so... Mm. All the patients love him. I'm like, are you sure? They just don't know a way to tell him to stop. <laughs> right. Like, it seems like he maybe likes treating kids because they don't have the social knowledge to know when a doctor is going <laughs> way over the line of... Whatever I get, I and get Megan's that that's fine because she's been groomed for years. So right, she like I mean, like normal, like the I don't know. I'm not again. I'm not a doctor, so maybe like this level of like patient interaction is actually normal or something. But it just seems like he's way too close with his patients, and like I I get it, it's different when they're kids, but it's like you're still a professional in their life, man. And like, you should still be yes. acknowledging boundaries, especially as they get older. Like, yes, you know, like everything about them health wise. Right. But that's not the worst, like boundary crossing thing in this book no. in terms of doctors, because that would be when our boy, Nathan gets Megan's phone number from her medical records to call her for a date. Yeah. 
Don't do so that. So you can't do that. Don't, don't do that, guys. <laughs> That's not allowed. He, like, he like, gets a nurse to give it to him, I, I yeah. think, is what happens. Like, okay. you, you, you simply can't. That's very much not following HIPAA. Like... <laughs> This this hospital was so loosey goosey. That's why I can't mm-hmm. believe it was any in any major metropolitan area. It yeah, it probably wasn't like some podunk little town. I don't know. I don't know. Nathan's Nathan's big hang up though, as a med student, he's he's doing his rotations. He hates Doctor Getz, even though Doctor Getz is the best in the business. Yada yada, because Doctor Getz is mean to him, and Nathan's Nathan's standards of someone being mean to him is that Doctor Getz expects nathan to do the impossible he expects nathan to show up on time to mm. rotations and do his job Just nathan's not. like i cannot work under these conditions you want too much from me dr Gass. you ask too much for my human soul oh my god and he's like i i he he actually like goes and talks to some administrative person he's like i need to switch rotations i can't work under dr Getz because he's gonna make me want to quit med school and then also he does still quit med school. <laughs> and the the whole like him being late to stuff, it was very this very and this is gonna be mean to religious people, and I'm sorry, but I'm not. Um <laughs> it was this very like religious sort of mindset view of the world where it's like there are things that are done and this is how they are done, and we can't like do things a different way because that's how they're done and that's the correct way to do things, right? Like mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it was written in a book a long time ago, so and <laughs> And Nathan's, like, hang-up about why he's late all the time is because his watch always stops because it's the watch that his mom gave him and, Mm. like, engraved and whatever. And so he has to keep that watch. But I'm just like, dude, just wear a second watch. Like, like, get a fucking (laughs) alarm clock for him. Right, right. Like, there are are solutions here where you don't have to get rid of the symbolic watch that your mommy gave you. Like, you can still have that watch. You just also need a different timekeeping. But it's like, it's like, no, there is the watch. This is the watch that he was given. And so he shall keep time by it. So mote it be. Amen. Like, (laughs) what are we doing? (laughs) He is so obsessed with this watch to the point where there is like, it's kind of part of his and Megan's relationship is Megan give like Megan replacing his mother telling him you don't need you don't need this watch I understand like it's sentimental to you because your fucking dead mom gave it to you or no she bought it before she died and saved it made your dad save it for your 16th birthday Megan's like it's just a watch don't be stupid and then she like buys him a watch to replace it with (laughs) like god because that is the way of the 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 family (laughs) that on the flip side though I'm like girl you are not replacing his dead mom in his heart like don't try to go there Megan do not she is though she did she fixed him she, she was almost mom the- part two because she almost does do a death on Christmas. <laughs> oh my. Okay. So are we jumping into that? Because let's talk about that. Okay. So she turns out to have hepatitis and yes, so. uh, her liver's failing. And so she's dying for Christmas. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this year, I think this year for Christmas, I'm just going to die. I'm just going to die for Christmas this year, you guys. <laughs> You know, just a little, a little death for Christmas. Yeah. You know, last year, uh, I got slippers this year. I'm going to die. I'm just going to die. I think that's, 
That's good, right? Honestly, I feel like Dying for Christmas should be a like sad Christmas song, and I would add it to my sad Christmas song playlist. Sir, I want to die for Christmas. Christmas. (laughs) To see my mama, please. It's Christmas Eve, and well, I'm just so tired. (laughs) I feel so alive. (laughs) So Megan's Dying for Christmas, and... The book is setting it up like Megan, it's definitely for real, for sure gonna die. And then at the last second, it's like, psych, no, her little friend Charlie dies instead and gives her his Totally liver. pointless. So pointless. But I thought that what this book was leading up to, and I don't know if this would be better or worse, I just thought it was where it was going, mm-hmm. was that this was gonna be a, a one of those, like, you know the meme where it's like, a girl is in a hospital and waiting for a heart transplant and she wakes up from the heart transplant and oh, her boyfriend's you say it not was there. my liver <laughs> and she's like where'd he go why isn't he here and her father's like who do you think gave you the heart that thing i thought yes. it was going to be that but like nathan decides to donate his liver but then like i was i was like i don't know if you you can do a partial liver transplant can't you yeah they were like yeah. we just need a little bit because the liver reconstructs itself right so like just get, scrape us off some liver please. yeah yeah so i thought like nathan was gonna donate his liver but then die during the operation and then oh, like only. yeah and then like megan was gonna but i mean really that was just me wishing that any woman in any of these books would have any sort of agency and not just be a plot device in order to further oh, the yeah, man's no. goals absolutely not and i guess we can add children to that list too <laughs> Megan almost dies for Christmas and grandma gets to go on a cruise. Grandma and her girlfriend. Is, yeah, is surprised with the cruise and made to go on it. Yeah. They don't say that that's her girlfriend. And I don't think even Donna Van Leer knows that's her girlfriend. I think Donna they Van Leer is probably pulling this from love. like an existent like, oh, yeah, I had an elderly like neighbor. or I had like my own grandmother who had like yeah. this really close female friend who came to her life after my grandfather died. Yeah, and they, they do everything together. They together and just did everything. Harold, they're lesbians. <laughs> then I thought if Megan were to die in this book, I was like, this this book series, maybe it's going to take a real interesting turn and Nathan becomes the harbinger of Christmas death. Oh my God. I was talking to someone about this book before talking to you about it because uh-huh. I had to rant. Um, yes. And she was like, uh, oh, you know what would be good is if the lawyer guy... Every time he gave someone money, they died. And then oh he had to God. like. Oh my God. Every time a lawyer donates, someone meets their death. Yeah, because like he gives Megan the money for the. <laughs> that the, is true. Um, the scholarship fund, and then he gave the money to give the shoes to the mother. What if like yes. all of his donations were like the angel of death? And I'm like, that would be oh a much gosh. better book. You should write that. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's like how his hoard of money is cursed and every time mm-hmm. it gets passed out to somebody. Yeah, they, mm-hmm. exactly. I like it. Uh, much more metal book series than mm-hmm. I feel like Not quite. Get. Wouldn't quite have the, the <laughs> same uh, Goodreads profile pictures. Yeah, nope. <laughs> giving it big ups. Uh and the real the real unfortunate thing too about Nathan is like he is super affected by death and any patient death or whatever mm. and cuz it reminds him of how his mom died when he was young. So I just like don't you think then that this career path might yes. be bad? Be- for yeah. You? It's yeah. fine to be affected by the death of your mom. The fact that okay 
the fact that he's becoming a doctor and the way it's presented in this book is like kind of my whole problem with the first book wrapped up very succinctly because he's Mm -hmm. like I had to be a doctor in memory of my mom and it's like okay why why was that the thing you wanted to be in memory of your mom because you don't want to be an oncologist in memory of the disease that killed your mom you just want to be a general doctor he because wants them to feel good because he always wondered how the doctors treated his mother at the hospital when she went to her appointment. So he wanted to be a nice doctor man, I guess. I don't that makes no sense though. I feel like if someone is motivated by the memory of their dead relative to do something, it's usually yes. either treating that specific disease, like being mm-hmm. an oncologist would be for Nathan, mm-hmm. or something that they actually cared about in life. But she right. didn't care about anything in life because she was just a motivator for Nathan. She was just there to be sad. She was just there to die. Like. <laughs> Truly. Nathan just wanted to make sure that he could help people smile at the hospital. Then so be like, a hospital clown. What are we doing? <laughs> be Patch Adams without the MD. Just mm, be yeah. the hospital clown. Be a candy striper. What are we doing, Nathan? <laughs> Or just volunteer at a hospital yeah. to, like, read books to kids or some shit. Right. You can Ugh. do anything with your life, Nathan. You don't have to force yourself through med school just because your mom died. And, I mean, like, that's that's kind of what this book seems to be. Because the whole, the whole thesis of this book and book series seems to be, you know, everything happens for a reason. God has a plan. Right? Just, like, such a shitty thing to say to someone. Incredibly. Someone but... In this case, it seems like Nathan's mother dying mm-hmm. and also this kid dying all happened so that Nathan could be a doctor, right? Like, oh, 100%, yes. But, like, I don't know. That's a shitty plan that God has is to kill a bunch of people so one man can be a doctor. <laughs> like, maybe just maybe just provide a scholarship to someone who's, like, underprivileged and also would be a good doctor instead of killing a bunch of people god like what are we doing (laughs) nathan has to be told multiple times by doc other doctors that like people aren't immortal and that they will die something you should surely know you can't not you you can't save everybody's life because some people just are gonna die and he has like a panic attack every time he's at a hospital and somebody dies. <laughs> just like in itself is not funny, but in the context of the rest of this book, kind of is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Nathan. He's just such a disaster. Like, I don't I don't sympathize with Nathan. I don't care about Nathan. I'm very worried about the rest of this book series because I assumed incorrectly that what this mm-hmm. book was setting up was that in the next book, it'll be Charlie, you know. That's what I thought, too. It'd yeah, like finding some girl too. and having her tragically mm-hmm. die in front of him at Christmas in order to learn a lesson about love and life. But then Charlie bites it. So maybe it's just going to keep being Nathan. Maybe it's going to be Nathan and his kids in, like, the next book. I don't know. I there can't... cannot be a Christmas miracle every year, Nathan. I guess there can. There's always a Christmas miracle. Always. And sometimes that <laughs> miracle is the lawyer who gave you shoes 20 mm-hmm. years ago, finding you again and being like, hey, what's up? And sometimes that miracle is a child dying so you can have his liver. 
Mm, those thank are, you, Charlie. Those are the miracles that happen at Christmas. <laughs> imagine, imagine, if you will, a 12-year-old boy dying on Christmas. Uh, his The scene is that Charlie wants his dad to describe Alaska to him. Oh they, his dad went to Alaska or something. Charlie's like, tell me about Alaska. And the dad's like, we're going to go there. So, you know, I don't have to do that. And Charlie's like, no, tell me. And the dad starts to like describe Alaska to him again. Then Charlie just fucking dies. So one, we're supposed to infer that Charlie knew he was dying in that moment. But then like, imagine Nathan being like, you know, Charlie died. So I could have a girlfriend. (laughs) to charlie's parents and being like god had a plan and it was for me not for you that's what it is like i don't understand how you can have the uh, i can't get into the the theology of this this book because we'd be here for a while so shitty um this was the other what was the thing i was gonna say about charlie i can't remember what i said He's dead. He's very dead. Alaska. Alaska. Liver. Oh, cheerleader. Yeah. Alaska. So like, oh, okay. <laughs> the the other thing I hate, hate, hated about this book, and I've talked about this a few times, I am a very easy crier when it comes to media. And this fucking mm-hmm. book made me cry multiple times just because it's a sad book. But Barf. I was so mad because I'm like, I hate it. and I don't care about these characters. <laughs> but you're describing this sad scene where this girl thinks she's going to die and is leaving her parents. And yes. now I'm like upset and crying, but I don't care about her. Like I'm enraged. I'm rage crying. Ugh. I've wasted. Hated- I've wasted my tears on you. <laughs> I hated a lot about this book. Hmm. Let's switch gears just a tiny bit so we can stop being mad about religion and instead be mad about casual racism. Okay, cool. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about how Nathan has one friend uh, and that one friend is black. Hmm. And the two are playing basketball one day and Nathan's like, you know, I don't think Dr. Getz likes me. I'm having such a hard time showing up to work on time every day and like doing things that I'm supposed to be doing. It's really difficult uh, for me. Um, so I'm thinking about dropping out and his friend whose name I do not recall. William. Let me see. William. So I've got William the quote says, highlighted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> William's like, you're really good with the patients. You should continue to be a doctor. Uh, all of the patients are scared of me. Nathan's response is, they're just afraid of you. I said, spinning on my heels. You walk into the room and they've never seen anybody as big as you. Okay, so far. They're not sure if you're there to work them up or rough them up. Okay, uh, getting so worse. Far. You're an imposing black figure when you Whoa! walk into a patient's room. First of all, we didn't know he was black before the sentence. <laughs> and I still wasn't sure. I was like, she cannot mean what she is saying here. Maybe she just means like he's shadowy. And like maybe she's so white that she's not thinking about how this would sound to anyone who is aware of racial bias in medicine. But then he goes on to say, you mean I'm like Shaft? And I'm like, okay, no. So that is what she's saying. <laughs> you No, he's badder than Shaft because he can insert a catheter. So, okay. What the fuck? What the and then actual we, fuck? We never hear from William again until he's in the, he's the best man at, yeah. at Nathan's wedding. And I'm like, why did William stick around for that long? I think he pops up a couple times because the Shaft description comes up a few more times. Mm. Oh, good. It's like he literally just comes in so so that Nathan can be like, I have a black friend and I know a reference to Shaft. 
there's one black person in this book series. It's William. It's William. Hello, William. (laughs) And I mean, okay. Giving the benefit of the doubt, I was like, well, yes, that is a thing that some white patients do think about black doctors. Some white patients do have biases against black doctors. And this is something that I might expect another doctor to say to a fellow doctor in like 1970. So if this was like a period piece, sure. This was 2003 was when this was yep. written. And although again, yes, white patients like do have biases against uh, black doctors and other non-white doctors. I would hope any white doctor I mean, this is nonsense because, of course, they don't have this sense, but would have the sense to not phrase it in this way to their friend who is concerned about the fact that the patients don't like him. Mm -hmm. I would hope they wouldn't just say, it's because you're black. It's because you're black and tall. (laughs) And and also, that's fine, seems to be his. It's not even just that he's like, oh, they don't like you because you're black, because that could be like a thing that they talk about. But he's Mm -hmm. like. Yeah, it's fine. It's just that they don't like you because you're black, and that's the normal way of things. It's yeah, like, that's that's how the world works, William. William, William, thanks, you silly. Nathan. Thanks. Wow. Yeah, never. He never learns any lessons about race. No. So why was it in here at all? Like, why? Yeah, why did we have to have that line other than for the author to be to show her whole ass? I don't. I don't understand. understand. <laughs> that's fine though you know 4.25 stars on goodreads from all the, the other nice white ladies the midwestern white ladies are just eating this one up i just i say this as a midwesterner who is also white mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. don't fucking get at me i can say it if i want to fuck off oh my god no em you're oppressing white people i'm oppressing the whites those We're poor, those... i say wave there they're ashamed to be white <laughs> just everything about this book was so infuriating i'm so glad i didn't read it i only listened to it um (laughs) oh it's i'm I'm trying to look through my highlights to see other things that just piss me the fuck off yeah let's talk about the weird relationship let's talk about the fact that megan is 19 and nathan is probably 25 i think he would be because you go through regular college Mm -hmm. and you're what 22 21 or 22 21 or 22 and then you go through three years of med school, and that's assuming you didn't take a year off in between. Four years, I think, right? He's a third year. Oh, right, right. He's year. a third yeah, year. Yeah. I thought you were just saying in general. I was like... Yeah. So he's like 25-ish. Yes, 24, 25. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which isn't like a huge age gap. Well, she might be 18, too, is the other thing. No, she's so 19. Like she hu- specifically says she's 19. She said 19. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So not a huge age gap in you know a few years for both of them but they're at very different points in Mm -hmm. their life she was in high school six months ago and i think we have made it very (laughs) clear on this podcast that one of our rules is don't fuck with teenagers unless you yourself are a teenager yes and she is 19 which is that she was in high school six months ago i get that it's legal don't fucking at me it's still gross like it's still you're in two very different periods of your life yes that's the problem it's that is the problem he he's a full adult who's making full adult decisions about what he wants to do for the rest of his life and trying to work on his career. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I don't know what college I want to run at. She doesn't know what college she wants to go to. Like, that's a different that's a different thing that you're trying to figure out than what Nathan is trying to figure out. Like, she might have the chance to go to Stanford. 
to run there, <sighs> I guess. I don't know. And then her dad is like, oh, so you're the mid-20-year-old doctor that stole my baby's heart, huh? <laughs> Is, why is no one concerned about this? It was all very, like, very dated in, like, the mm-hmm. way that people... Because, again, with the race thing, that sort of vibe, it, I was like, is this supposed to be set in a different time period? Because there was a time when this was fine, right? Like, oh, you know, you could go to college if you were a girl, but, like, you might as well just get married, and yeah, it's totally fine if you're looking for a husband at high school because they... Right, like... So, and he's a doctor. So, I mean, what a catch. Almost a doctor. And I guess maybe there are still places and, like, people who think this way of, like, that's totally fine and normal. But, like, I don't know. I just feel that, like, anyone should live a bit before they Mm -hmm. commit to (laughs) marrying a doctor. Like, Oh, my God. Well, and then Megan says on their first date or second date, she's like, I love you. And Nathan doesn't say it back because, and then the book is like, I thought I had more time. So I'm like, great, she's gonna fucking die. But yeah. then, like, they start dating or like a week or two before Thanksgiving, I think. Mm-hmm. And this book ends on Christmas Day. Well, five years in the future, they get married, but it, essentially the story ends on Christmas Day. And he has said, I love you back to her and committed to like being there on her deathbed and everything, which I guess to me is an interesting question. Like, if you're dating someone for a couple weeks and then you find out that, they have what could be a terminal illness if they don't get a liver transplant. Do you just dip? Straight up, though, <laughs> this is a real conversation I've had with people during COVID times about what we do if one of us gets COVID. Like, at what oh, point? Oh, my God. Yeah, what would you do? <laughs> well, okay, we... but here, but you pass, like, certain lengths of time. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not just a it's couple It's not a first weeks. date combo. <laughs> yeah, it's not a first date where it's, you go to the movies and then the next day they're like, I've got hepatitis and I might die. It is very walk to remember. And I mean, like, this is a little terrible to say, but I think maybe if I was in the situation, like, I wouldn't be because I wouldn't be a 25-year-old dating a 19-year-old, but whatever. Thank God. But if I was in the situation and I had gone on a couple dates with someone who was dying, who it was, it then turned out they were dying, I kind of might do the same thing as Nathan and be like there, try to be there for them because they're dying. But then, that's and it's true. like only a few weeks of your time, you know. But then you have to like that's a lot of mental and emotional yeah, stress on you, though, for true. for someone you barely know. So it's like, what is the selfish thing to do here? Is the selfish thing to stay because maybe that helps you feel better about the situation? I don't know. I just don't know. Or is it selfish to just be like, mm, bye. <laughs> You've got family that loves you. I don't, I just met you. <laughs> <laughs> and then also it becomes this issue of like, what do you do when they don't die? <laughs> like, also true. Like, yeah, I did like get a liver you transplant. Me. Uh, I, you were all set to be dead on Christmas day, but then Dr. Getz ran in. He was like, last minute liver transplant. The liver Yo-hoo. came in, ding, ding. <laughs> liver trains are coming in. <laughs> he's definitely tom hanks in the polar express <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i i don't know what the the correct like number of dates you have to be on before you stay with someone till their death is like yeah and i guess it depends on how you feel mm-hmm. in your heart of hearts if that person you can see yourself being with them long term but then it suddenly becomes short term because they're gonna die but it's like it's also kind of like I don't know. For me, I'd be like, if I'm in the hospital constantly and like 
hanging out with this person while they're dying. Like I'm getting in the way of their actual family, like saying goodbye to them and stuff, you know, like I'm taking up time they could be spending with them. So I feel like, I don't know. I, I feel like you maybe drop by and like drop off like uh, some flowers. flowers, but I don't think that you commit to the level Nathan does. There's probably a way that you could do this like tactfully and at a distance. Mm -hmm. Like, Hey, this fucking sucks. Sorry to hear about this. Uh, I brought you something. You know, I can stay and talk to you for a while. Read Come a book, hang out whatever. with them like every Wednesday or something. You know, yeah. Like, but Nathan's like living in her hospital room. Essentially. Nathan never fucking leaves. He's there more than her family is. It's like, okay, well, again, she has like siblings who probably feel weird about like younger siblings because yeah, she's young. 19. So like they're children. Um, yeah, one's like 13 and the other's four. Can you imagine like, like being 13 and your sister is dying and her weird, sweaty, gross doctor boyfriend, <laughs> who's also racist, <laughs> is just like hanging out in the hospital room and you can't like talk to your sister? Like, yes. And he, nightmare. yeah, 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 yeah. I'd be pissed. I want to play go fish with my sister. Please leave. One last time. <laughs> yeah. We want to build memories before she's dead. Memories that do not involve you, a man who I do not know and now will never know because my sister's dying and so you're not going to be in my life. Like, yeah, please go away. <laughs> I mean, I guess thankfully for the siblings, this was not an issue, but. I mean, for Charlie's siblings, we got a nice little epilogue with them. Dude, that was oh so. It was so infuriating how they tried to make us care about Charlie, even though Charlie was like. It's like, no, he was just. He was just a vessel for a liver. Mm-hmm. And like Megan was the same way. Both of them are, are secret special sainted angels who are too good for this mortal world. Right. Like uh-huh. and the mom in the last one was the same thing of like mm-hmm. just this perfect human whose only purpose in in being here is, is to, to suffer beautifully. Right. Like yep. Yep. to to be a, a thing that everyone can look at and think, oh, how sad, but how beautiful, you know? And it's so gross. That's not how illness works. That's that's dehumanizing for people with actual chronic illnesses, disabilities, like anybody who's not just like an able-bodied person. Mm-hmm. It's super problematic because it's like you're putting them in this book just to be an object lesson to other people. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. gross. Be grateful you're not like that person. Right. Be grateful that kid died so you can have his liver. Yeah. God bless. I can't imagine. What are the next nine plots or seven plots going to be? It's got to be the same shit, right? Like this Who else is going to have to die for Nathan to learn how to be a human? I hope it's a different character. I really oh hope it's someone else. Nathan just got married at the end of this book. They got lots of life to live still. Oh, He's got to learn some. He's probably got to go through his egotistical doctor phase mm-hmm. so that he can be knocked out of it by a, by a patient that almost dies or does die on Christmas. Or by buying someone else some Christmas shoes. Oh, my God. Okay, the Christmas shoes do come up again in this book mm-hmm. because apparently every year Charlie or no Nathan has been buying the same pair of shoes and putting them on his mom's grave. Upsetting. And it's even gotten to the point where the department store is ordering this one pair of shoes over and over and over again for him. Okay, his mom died, like, what, 12, 13 years before this story? Something like that, yeah. So you're telling me this department store can find that same exact pair of shoes that were already, like, Clarence Rack because nobody wanted them. Mm -hmm. Like, someone is still making these shoes every year that the department store can reorder them so Charlie 
sorry, Nathan can put them on his mother's grave. Yeah, Kristen's miracle. I don't buy it. <laughs> <laughs> I I have not lost a parent. Mm-hmm. And I can't imagine that that's an easy thing to go through. But no. There were many points in this book where I did kind of agree with Megan in that I wanted to be like, Nathan, you got to move on. (laughs) I get that your mom died when you were a kid, but this is, this is strange behavior, Nathan. This is half your life ago. To keep buying the same pair of ugly shoes that everyone now knows is ugly and -hmm. leaving them on a grave. For what? For why, Nathan? (laughs) Or the the Christmas gift he gets his grandma. We're like, so apparently they've been writing letters to their mom their oh, whole lives. Yeah. And grandma always keeps hers in like a shoebox that says letters for Lily or whatever her name was. Mm-hmm. And Nathan, as a 25-year-old, gets his grandma, who's nearing the end of her life as well, probably, a box that says like letters for Lily and it has Lily's all over it. I'm like, why did you just now get that for her this Christmas? Isn't it terrible that that's the only thing that you could think of to get your grandmother is a box to keep the letters for her dead daughter in? Like, yes. What? Again, maybe I just don't. Maybe I just process grief in a different way than this family does. But I can't imagine doing this. (laughs) And especially because they are all like the grandma is trying to get the dad to go out and Mm -hmm. date somebody. And she does. But. They also in the book say this is the first date he's gone on since what's her name died. Like, Which I don't know that that rings a little fine. bit more true to me. But like, but if that whole thing is supposed to be like, okay, we're moving on. Yeah. Why are we just? Why are we still buying the Christmas shoes? Why are we just now right. getting this box for the letters for Grandma? Like obviously, I like I think it's it's lovely that Nathan wants to continue honoring his mother and whatever. Mm-hmm. But I mean, like. I don't know, between the watch thing and the letters thing and the, the doctor thing, the doctor thing. And the, I'm like, you have to have a personality outside. You can of, have your own life. Yes. No like one's going to be sad or mad at you. His like, entire personality is I have a dead mom. My and mom I'm died. Like, that's not Christmas. a personality. That's mm-hmm. a thing that happened to mm-hmm. you. You need God to learn re- the difference. Received her. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. the other thing. The way that they frame this is like God did not take her from us. He received her. And life like, took her from us. Yeah, life took her from us and God received her. I'm like, either way, it's really sad and not comforting for you to say those things. Like <laughs> that still implies that God was like, Yep, time for you to die. <laughs> mine, 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 mine. Not only does Nathan write letters to his mom, which we don't I don't I think we get a couple of those that we see, but there's also letters from his mom that like intersperse this book with her wisdom and guidance. And I'm like, you know what would have been good is if like his father had any input into his life whatsoever. You know, the father who's still around. The father who's still there and had to like raise them as a single dad. Maybe he could like, or even the grandmother who also like helped raise him. Maybe he could go to them for advice instead of his dead mom. Like that seems... They no. weren't beautiful. They were just average looking people. Mm-hmm. They weren't beautiful and blessed and oh getting to be hugged to the bosom of the Lord. <laughs> I can't. I can't. I can't. Guess what, though? We get to do this every year. We do have to do this every year. There was one thing I liked about this book. Okay. And it was that there was a little bit of a PSA in here of Charlie being like, why can't Megan have a liver? Why is why why does she not get a liver? And 
them being like, oh, some people are worried about organ donations and like whatever and everybody should be an organ donor and i agree with that everyone should be an organ donor. you're not using them you're not using them use them or lose them i mean right now you are but when you die you will not be using them anymore (laughs) right now you can feel free to keep your heart your liver whatever you need to exist but you know (laughs) once you shuffle off this mortal coil you can give something back i will say maybe this book changed one midwestern mom's uh, thought process and the next they, time she went to the DMV yeah, she was like she said, I'm gonna an be an organ, organ donor. donor and if so honestly great cool Charlie taught me I can be an organ donor <laughs> um so thank Even you though for it that, really wouldn't have been Charlie's decision at that point but no fine. but I mean he he stuck by his his convictions he said other mm-hmm. people should be an organ donor he he and his family followed mm-hmm. his uh Thought process and request, and that was good. He said, I'm going to be an organ donor specifically for this girl that I would die for. Because I love her. I secretly love her. I can't wait to grow up and marry her. Oh, I honestly, I was kind of, since we did the, the start of this show as uh-huh. our old show, continuing that Christmas punch up. Okay. Here's what I would have, if I was writing a tragic book about okay. sad Christians. Uh-huh, um, uh-huh. <laughs> if if I was keeping this in the realm of Donna Van Leer, so I'm not uh-huh. changing it that much. I would have Charlie a couple years older, not like a ton, but a couple. Mm-hmm. Nathan dies in the way I described. Yes, in the meme way. In the meme way, yes. Yeah, um, the meme. So Megan lives, and then her and Charlie become like best friends and start. I mean, they're already best friends, but they like start the scholarship stuff together. And then it mm-hmm. fast forwards like 10 years and they're dating. That would be sweet. Right? Yeah. And so, I don't. Creepy doctor boyfriend. Yeah, I hated that. I hated their relationship so much. It's I hated so gross. how quickly Megan was in love because it was probably the first boy she ever dated. Mm-hmm. And how quickly Nathan responded to that because she was dying and the fact that they were getting married in five years and weren't just going to break up because. I, the epilogue did trick me for a second. I was like, did they break up? Interesting. That would have been good. Uh, that would have been be good. Another good. Yeah, that's up. my Christmas punch up. They actually did break up probably like 18 months after she recovered and was like out of the hospital. And it was they like, we both learned something from this relationship, but we're also both growing and on different paths. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I want to go to Stanford and that's on the other side of the country. And you are going through your residency. I hardly ever see you. Uh, so let's just break up. And yeah. if it if and and if God has a plan for us to be together, we'll be brought back together. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I just hate the God has a plan ethos so much because it's, it's like, regardless of, of if he did or if he exists or doesn't or has a plan or doesn't, it's not going to help you. <laughs> like it doesn't. You, it clearly, doesn't, it's not comforting at all. Clearly, you are not capable of understanding his great designs. So sitting here and mm-hmm. being like. He has a plan. Just makes it seem like what you're saying is it's okay that someone died in order to teach somebody else a lesson. Like, right, right. Which is gross and This wrong. will benefit you someday. Right. Like, things just happen. They just happen. Mm-hmm. And there's not... I it's mean, shitty. Again, it sucks. It's shitty and it sucks. But to me, that's more comforting to mm-hmm. know that there isn't some somebody pulling strings in order to teach me something or move me somewhere he wants me to go. Mm -hmm. But things just happen and things are going to keep happening. 
And that's okay. Like, and some of those things are going to be great. And some of those things are going to suck, but they're going to keep happening. Whether, you know, like that's way more comforting to me than like, absolutely. there's a plan. There's a plan and you just can't fathom it yet. No, things just happen. I just, it makes me sad that this makes people feel comforted. That, yeah, that that some that someone picks this up and is like, you know, that was a good lesson. I need to remember that next time someone in my life dies that, you know, maybe they died so I could realize what I was supposed to do when I grew up. God, what a what a shitty thing to be to be someone's It's just the manic pixie dream girl except applied to moms it, and, ki- yeah, and children with heart disease. What would you call that like Manic Pixie Dream Mom. Proper prayer girl. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. Anyway. Gross. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, one and all. Happy holidays. Yes. Happy holidays if you do not celebrate Christmas. Happy New Year's Mm -hmm. to everyone who celebrates New Year's. Mm -hmm. Um, Happy end of December if you don't observe the passing of time. Well, that doesn't make sense. That's fine. No one does this year. (laughs) It's still March. (laughs) It's still March 13th. Um, So I guess what what would you be hoping to see in a future uh, uh, Christmas Shoes book since we'll be revisiting this yearly? That's true. Next year. Next year, what I want to do is I want to read a Christmas Shoes book from the point of view of the shoes. I want I want it to be real literal. Well, okay. First, let's see let's see what the book is called. Let me. I think can, it's a Christmas promise. I think is the next a one. Christmas promise. I think because it was showing up under my recommended at the beginning of this episode. Okay, Nathan is gonna promise Megan that he's gonna be a better dad and more present in their lives, and Megan's like, doubt it. Oh, actually, it's a Christmas hope. Sorry. Ah, damn. Okay. Oh well, there was a little girl named Hope in this book, so it's probably fucking about her. Mm, seems likely. She's going to finally go to the authorities about how Dr. Getz was a little bit of a predator towards her. (laughs) And it's at Christmas time. I will somewhat agree in that I am hopeful that the next, I know, the next book will not be from Nathan's POV and will be from a woman's POV because I would be very interested to see how Donna Van Leer handles that because Mm -hmm. I'm getting a pretty concise picture of donna van leer's thoughts on gender and gender politics i would like to see yeah gender roles what happens when a woman is the main character she's definitely a trad wife isn't she Mm, seems like (laughs) anyway (laughs) this is the fun pet project her husband allowed her to do right (laughs) Uh, well what's next um, let's leave this book behind us what's yeah Have you uh have you been reading any other books recently? I started also on I'm trying to like get into audiobooks this year because um I always am I have like the free time I have and I was like, ooh, I wanna like crochet or I wanna mm-hmm. color or I wanna do something else with your hands, other sure. than read. So I've been trying to get into more audiobooks. I'm listening to uh Long Way to a Small Angry Planet by Becky Chambers, which mm-hmm. is very good. Um I'm not I'm only like a few hours into it though mm-hmm. so I can't really like say much about what's going to happen other than this like there's this girl Rosemary and she's left her life behind as like some cushy rich girl lifestyle to go live on a ship that's out in deep space that tunnels through deep space I don't know man sci-fi stuff uh lots of different <laughs> kinds of alien species and um sexualities and everything it's very good 
Um, and I also started reading The Starless Sea by Aaron Morgenstern because oh, yeah. I bought it a year ago. So I thought it was probably about time that I started reading it. And it's also good. <laughs> it's about like the secret library organization that kind of is in it's I don't know. It's not like a library library. It's like a magical, mm. magical kind of library. And this guy finds a book. And the book is, like, describing the things that have happened in his mm. life. And he's real creeped out about it. And it's beautifully written. I think this book has gotten kind of, like, mixed reviews. Because she wrote Night Circus, which was very mm. popular. And everyone seemed to love. I really like that book. I just like her writing style. And I'm always a sucker for, like, books about libraries or books. Mm. That kind of, you know, that thing. Um, so, yeah, I can tentatively recommend both of those. And... I've been playing a visual novel on the Switch. Oh yeah. Called AI Somnium, I think is what it's called, where you're trying to like solve uh, some serial killings and you don't have any memory from before the 6 years ago and also the people who died are your two friends that you have <laughs> and you're taking care of their daughter. Anyway, mm. it's real anime. I like it. How about you? Um, I only have one this week, and I also didn't finish it because instead of finishing it before this podcast, I took a two-hour nap. But wonderful, that um, I think is <laughs> so. That's my good... first recommendation: is two-hour yeah. naps mm-hmm. <laughs> work out well. <laughs> um, but I'm gonna recommend having only read about a quarter of it so far, but mm-hmm. it kind of ticked all of the boxes for me, and very much is diametrically opposed to this book in terms of fun things to read around around the holidays but it's mm-hmm. called um written in the stars by okay. alexandria belfleur and it's mm. a rom-com type book about um first off i thought it was gonna be like a pride and prejudice retelling because it's the two characters are darcy and l um but i think it's just kind of uh. loosely inspired by because it doesn't seem to be following the plot too much mm. but it's uh two women who go on a date together and it that they were set up by darcy's brother um, who's Elle's coworker, and it goes like disastrously, but then hijinks ensue, and they decide to start fake dating each other for the holidays. Um, nice. So it's like fake relationship, love that trope. Uh, holiday, 100%. holiday romance, which is like perfect for this time of year. Um, I like the it, and also like this book. One of the characters very much has a view that I don't espouse, which is she writes like astrology stuff and very much believes in astrology and i you know don't believe in astrology but it wasn't annoying in this book it was just like a thing about this character not like you know telling me that i need to be thankful that my relative died because it's god's plan like oh god Both so so two far different that one's... kinds of made up things people find comfort in mm-hmm. so but it was it was uh it's been it's a fun book so far and it's definitely clearing some of the the anger i have towards christmas books that was caused by christmas yes bullshit i I tried to find a christmas Mm rom-com but the hold for in the holidays was too long so i gave up (laughs) christina lauren um left a a a blurb on the cover of this one so similar oh okay not christmas blessing but the book you recommend yeah, but also Christmas Blessing. Christina Lauren's a big Family Year fan, it turns out. Wow. I hate that for her and me. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. So next up, I believe next we have a another Animorphs book with, I think it's, uh, 
the reunion. The Marco one. The reunion, is that right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, number 30, the reunion next week. And then the week after that, we're starting the new year with a new unit. So um, to start off the new year, the new unit, we're going to be uh, reading a book that was suggested to us a long time ago by one of my friends, Lindsay, who read it for her book club and absolutely hated it. Um, which is fine because I'm not a huge fan of this genre either. So this works wonderfully. The book we're going to be reading is called On Basilisk Station by mm. David Weber. And the unit is going to be on military sci-fi. Ooh. Hooray. Interesting. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like, I guess the unit for me, it's always a little bit more like hard sci-fi. I'm mm-hmm. not really, I'm not here for it, but who knows? Yeah, I feel like I don't have a huge uh, breadth of knowledge on military sci-fi specifically. I'll have to kind of look into it um, a little bit. I'm really dreading this one, <laughs> this, this <laughs> book in particular, because I've had I've heard a bad review, reading the blurb and the genre. It's just it's the cover. None of it is working for me. It's written in 1992. I don't. Mm. Great. Looking forward to it. We'll struggle through it. <laughs> <laughs> In the meantime, if you have any books that you would like us to read on this podcast, either because you think we'll love it or we'll hate it, you can tweet at us at ShelfAwareCast or email us ShelfAwareCast at gmail.com. As always, thank you to Ben Cope for the use of our theme song. You can check out his YouTube channel in our show notes below. We are also on all of your favorite podcast aggregating platforms. If you haven't followed or subscribed to us on one of those, you definitely should because it's part of God's plan. If you use Apple Podcasts, we very much appreciate a five-star review. But if you don't use Apple Podcasts, that's all right, because you're allowed to talk about us anywhere on the internet you would like. In the words of Donna Van Leer, I always thought firecrackers were loud and annoying, but now I know different, because you're quiet and very pretty. She opened her mouth, embarrassed, and hugged her mother's waist. What's your name? Olivia. I put candy in her bag. Olivia sounds like the name of a princess. Are so you a princess? Out. Why is he hitting on this five-year-old? I'm so fucking creeped out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. They tried that. Um, and why Why have you just, up. in the middle of our call, switched your background to the Krusty Krab? What's wrong with you? I wanted to see how you would react. to me suddenly being in spongebob (laughs) why have you done this (laughs) i'm here for a crusty crab burger please i'm not gonna i'm not gonna rp spongebob with you that's fine (laughs) (laughs) it had its desired effect (laughs) (laughs) um (laughs) Ha <laughs>